Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Recently, we had asked if you know, any of you guys had opinions or builds, things you wanted to talk about on the podcast, to send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or comment on one of our YouTube videos. And the gentleman today, his name is Chance, and he reached out to us, and he is really passionate about his truck and has a build plan for the future that he, he would like to do for competition, and he wants to talk about the RPM Act and why it's important and how we contacted his representatives and things that he's doing on social media to get the word out and encourage other not even just diesel enthusiasts but automotive enthusiasts to reach out to their elected officials and really put some pressure on them to get this passed so that there's a pathway to take a production vehicle and turn it into a competition only vehicle so we're excited to chat with him today before we get to the podcast we want to welcome Chote Engineering, back to the podcast as the official Power Stroke engine builder of the podcast. And it's always a great time to chat with Cass and see what he's got going on for 6.4s or 6.0s, 6.7 Power Strokes. So we have some episodes coming up with him, some really cool things that he wants to share with all of us and some some new innovations that is really going to push the, the envelope on Power Stroke performance. So we're excited to have him and the crew back for 2019 and 2020. All right, let's get to the podcast with Chance and talking about the RPM Act. Chance, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm really excited to talk with you today, and I appreciate you reaching out to us on Instagram and saying, hey, I'm a diesel truck owner, I'm an enthusiast, and I've got a lot of thoughts with you know, what's going on with diesel racing and the aftermarket and things that we want to do and, and just tons of different great ideas, so I'm excited to chat with you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you letting me get my opinions out there and talk to everybody i'm a big fan of the podcast i'd like to start with like, your background in diesel you know when when you got into owning a diesel truck and and what the the process has been like is you know from the moment you got it to to now and, and how you became an enthusiast well i uh would say i was an enthusiast for a while before i was able to purchase one i had a old uh, hand-me-down f-150 um that i was pretty passionate about and enjoyed but uh as i started to kind of grow my interest i really looked towards the diesel and the power that was available and just um as far as the size of tire i wanted to run and height i just really wanted a a solid axle diesel and um, decided to stay with ford since i already had the the f-150 i'd say it was probably 2016 or late in 15 i bought my uh 2011 f-250 uh bought it from an older guy had 60,000 miles on it. I had already kind of heard that there were some issues with the early 6.7s in 2011, and I actually ran into those issues not long after uh, doing some modifications to it. And you know, a young guy, I was very excited about having all this power and doing burnouts and everything. I ended up <laughs> um, blowing up that 2011 engine, 
And uh, then I was kind of in a pickle. I could either um, sell the truck for what it was worth was a blown engine or I dumped some more money into it. It was out of warranty. And I had just purchased everything I buy. wanted the truck. I was so close to having my dream truck. I got my um, 8-inch BBS coilover kit, my 24 by 14 Moto Metal Forge wheels, and my 40-inch Nitto Trail Grapplers. And they were all sitting at the shop waiting for me when I blew it up. So I decided to throw the money in it, and I put a 2016 um, version of the 6.7 Power Stroke in there with uh, some modifications, uh, Maryland Performance Diesel Turbo uh, non-VGT single kit and uh, Easy Link Tuner from PPI, uh, a few things here and there, and uh, made it exactly how I wanted it. I've been been very happy with it so far, but uh, kind of wanted to get on something bigger and better. It's a white and tan King Ranch, which you see on every street corner so i'm trying to get something a little bit more um a little bit more unique that stands out it's what i always wanted but uh now that i've been in the industry a little bit longer and met some people and been to shows i'm uh, ready to do something a little bit more unique so see where that goes you had mentioned in your in your message that you've been really active on like instagram and youtube uh, with videos and, and reviews of things that, that you've done to your 6.7 Power Stroke. And I wanted to ask you, with everything that's happened over the last month or two with the diesel aftermarket and emissions and things like that, what kind of things have you been hearing from people out there, subscribers and listeners? Well, what I my first um, experience with this was uh, seeing it through Corey Willis, PPEI, as a, um, a consumer uh, having their tuning I was following them on Instagram, and I saw his concerns with it and what he was doing to fight um, the EPA regulations and just kind of the situation he was in. And I just kind of noticed that there was a lot of my followers that would care about it but didn't necessarily care enough to follow specific tuning companies. You know, they like they knew about the tuners and they knew about exhaust and everything and deletes but uh, weren't as passionate about it as I was. So I've been trying to kind of get the word out um, that it is a big issue and it's a new thing that we're facing where there's no off-road applications available anymore. Um, and I've had a lot of good feedback with that. Actually, my first YouTube video, um, I put out what I was concerned about. I kind of explained it to everyone. And I got a lot of my information from uh, the Diesel Podcast, honestly, and then just some independent research. And um, had a few people, you know, saying they didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then as I learned more, I kind of, uh, I heard a lot of people were kind of saying what we were going to do now, what's, what's next. We're going to have to have emissions compliant tunes. There's not going to be any possibility of a deleted truck, even for an off-road only race truck that you take to and from the track on a trailer. Uh, so when I heard that, I was like, that's not going to cut it. I want a full-blown race truck. I want to be able to have you know no emissions um on a new truck and take it to the track and and run it and uh see how much horsepower we can get out of it so i started looking into uh, the options for kind of fighting what the epa was pushing and um my second video kind of covered that i just independently looked up who my senators were and i showed people how easy it would be with a google search to find your state senators or representatives, and I, uh, as a North Carolina resident, found that it was uh, Richard Burr and Tom Tillis. So I looked them up, 
turns out Richard Burr is uh, already pushing the uh, RPM Act, which is uh, recognizing the Protection of Motorsports Act of 2019. And that's basically saying that the uh, Clean Air Act of 1970 um, did say, you know, you have to have emissions on vehicles except race vehicles are exempt. And I've kind of been kind of pushed that the RPM Act be uh, getting more support from, from my followers and subscribers. And um, on my second video, I just kind of showed what I thought was an easy way. You can just call your representative and tell them you're concerned. And from that, uh, one of my subscribers actually gave me an even easier way. I saw the video, and they said, thank you for what you're doing. I haven't really heard anybody like trying to fight it. They're all kind of just letting it happen. And I appreciate what you're doing. And my friend actually found uh, a link to the SEMA website where they are pushing the RPM Act. And uh, you can just type in your address and your email and phone number, and it will automatically generate an email to however many senators you have and for your state. And they will get an email uh, from you saying that you support SEMA um, and off-road and automotive industry and the RPM Act. And uh, so the, my videos have basically been, what can we do as consumers to, to push back and say, we do want racing to continue. Um, we, we understand that you can't have a straight pipe and no emissions on a brand new truck, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to make a race truck out of a factory vehicle, because that's really going to cut down on the amateur weekend warrior Guy, if you're having to build a from scratch race car uh, with your own chassis and engine and everything, that's going to take a lot of of money and uh, specific design that just is going to knock a lot of people out of the market that are uh, passionate about motorsports and uh, may not even realize that this is being taken away from them right now. I think it's a really important aspect of it, which we haven't we haven't covered, and from knowledge or just research and, and things I've read I think around sometime in 2015 was when the the RPM actor or talking about it you know popped up and I think not just with the motorsports side but just with everything as I think a, a lot of us myself included we didn't focus on the grassroots or contacting our representatives and and making our voices heard on a a loud scale and it's kind of why we're in this position now and i think what's so important about the rpm act is it's not just diesels it, it's also unleaded yes, it gas, cars, gas motorcycles and mm -hmm. everything everything that uh, you can buy from a dealership and then potentially you know straight pipe or or tune or anything like that it's uh it's illegal now the you know the part of it that that you mentioned is, is so true is if you know for the average person if, if we have to build our vehicle from scratch that's just not going to happen from a monetary standpoint uh, having the resources to do it to you know to to build a, a one-off custom vehicle and i think that really kind of strikes towards motorsports going back 50 60 years is that was something, it's almost like a, a tradition, it's, it's a pastime, it's something that's in our culture, which is taking, you know, a vehicle and and taking it to the track, hauling it there. What uh, do, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, are, as far as, you know, with, with people getting involved, 
are, are you seeing more people saying, okay, I understand the difference or the separation between, you know, taking a 2019 truck and deleting it and taking a 2000, you know, say 11, six, seven power stroke and making it a dedicated race vehicle. I want to support that. I, I understand this is a huge fight and we have to, we have to get politically active. You know, we have to contact people. We have to get groups of people together. We need to bring awareness, you know, whether we're doing it on YouTube or social media or going to events or talking to people are, are you getting that sense that, that, uh, the, you know, the diesel truck owners out there saying, okay, I get it. I'm ready to go. Let's let, let's start fighting this. I would say um, I haven't seen much other pushback um, at what I'm trying to do, um, and my Instagram has been pretty successful. And I started it much earlier, but the YouTube is um, it's just a limited amount of people that I'm reaching, and the people that I am, they are very motivated and realize this, the seriousness of the situation, and they are reaching out, and I've actually requested that they let me know once they've reached out to kind of keep them accountable. And I am getting feedback. They are telling me what state they're in. I had, uh, I think the guy that found the link to the SEMA website that made it super easy for everyone, uh, he's actually from Connecticut, and uh, I'm actually in, down in Alabama, so the fact I'm getting some reach you know, in all different states um, is nice. But I would say there's only so much I can push it, uh, whereas I'm a small, relatively small, you know, fish uh, out here and there's just not as much uh, talk about it as I'd like and I don't think I've, I've never been very political and um, you know reached out to my representatives um, in the past this is just something that directly affects me as a diesel truck owner and an enthusiast and with the bill that I want to do next it's going to be a lot more difficult if uh, the current regulations proceed so I, um, I don't think there's enough talk about kind of pushing back and um, getting back our off-road only applications and our race applications. I think more people are talking about what we're going to do now on the street with emissions compliant tuning, which uh, I, I support, you know, continuing to grow. But I do think that um, from what I've seen, the companies I've worked with, with the parts that I have in the past, um, I've talked to them to see if the parts are still available that I could potentially do on my next truck, and they have already shut down sales um, on that whole side of their company. And it's just uh, it's terrible to, to see these companies that I've seen at events um, and just be doing so much to give back to the community and uh, people saving up their money to, to buy these products um, and then going out of business because of, uh, of new regulations that um, people aren't standing up to fight. So I, I think there should be more, definitely. So we were really excited to have you on the podcast to talk about it because you know, we've, we've covered a few different angles of, of what's happened from shop owners and asking legal questions and asking companies, hey, well, what products are you doing on road? <clears throat> and even, you know, from racers that are saying, hey, I still want to race my truck, but it, it might have been a 5.9 or, or an LB7 or something like that. But to hear you know, your perspective, I know there's others out there that think like that. And there's a lot of feedback that we get where they, you know, people are just like, well, what do I do? How do I get active? You know, I haven't, I haven't really, you know, I've never really been political. I don't know how the political system works, but I want to do something. And so I think what you mentioned with, with the content that you make and, and, uh, the SEMA links that make it really easy to contact representatives are, are really awesome. And, before the podcast, we chatted a little bit about 
the relationship between a company that's making race only products and then what they offer for street vehicles and that dynamic and the relationship between them. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what do you see between, you know, a company that is doing, you know, just specifically racing and then they have a separate line for daily driven vehicles, how that relationship between, you know, kind of pushing the envelope at the racetrack, seeing what works and then applying some of those lessons to, you know, daily drivers. Yeah, I think uh, that if we let the uh, EPA shut down that side of all of these companies, there really is going to be no motivation or money. Um, they are available to explore the limits and uh, really test on the track because they're going to be testing with emissions-compliant vehicles that can only uh, get up to so much horsepower, and then you have to deal with regens and everything. If you're um, even emissions-compliant, tuning up a truck and um, making more horsepower, you're just going to fill up your filters and clog uh, valves quicker, and it's just um, going to be hard to test things, and I think they're just kind of play it safe if they're only allowed to make emissions-compliant tuning, and we won't really get the full potential of uh, what our trucks could do, whereas you have companies making both race and on-street performance products. I think this... We've been like reaping the benefits for years now of having these offered use only applications um, that people have been wrongfully taken on the street, but the racing with them has given us so much data that it's crazy. I've um, I touched uh, on it a little bit in I think my most recent video. My um, when I replaced my engine, 2016 engine and the 2011 truck, I used the 2011 wiring harness, 2011 transmission upgraded a few things, and I was able to tell PPEI what I had done. They sent me tunes, and uh, the truck ran great. It was unbelievable. Uh, a little bit down the road, my transmission started to, uh, on its way into third gear, would kind of get lost. And I looked into it, and I had already heard of solenoid issues uh, with this, this truck. So I replaced the solenoids, and um, that actually made it worse. Uh, I made sure I replaced with the exact same part number, color-coded and everything, uh, solenoids, and um, I reached out to PPI, and I was like, I've tried everything. I've taken it to the Ford dealer, and they don't know what's going on. And they sent me a new tune for my transmission and fixed my truck with an email. Like, immediately, it's been running like a top for two years since then with just one phone call, and then they sent me an email immediately. Like, that is something that I think we may lose if we're letting companies that are thriving in the off-road industry get shut down or at least partially shut down by uh, these regulations. So I, I think it uh, really is a big difference having a race team that's making off-road and on-road products versus just uh, a tuner for any on-the-street truck to get a couple more horsepower out of it. One of the one of the big things I was just thinking about when you were when you were talking about the transmission is if we think of the amount, well, I think to step back with the emission stuff, we tend to all focus on the engine. But mm -hmm. when these trucks are pushed to a level that is, you know, higher than say what a street tune may do, is companies have found weak points in torque converters, in exactly drums, clutch packs, things like that, to where you know now you can have, um, you know, a six-speed, whether it's an Allison or sixty-eight RFE or six R one forty. They can handle a tremendous amount of power and torque 
that wouldn't have been found otherwise. But it's because of you know guys who've been racing those trucks at the track for quite a long time, and they pushed it to a level to where there is all these options for the transmission. And I think the same goes for injectors and injection pumps and turbochargers and pistons and the engines themselves. And so I, I definitely see that that link that that you were just talking about. And it's uh, really important to test it in an off-road situation, I feel like, as well. If you're going to have uh, failures, like say you're just doing you know, gauntlet testing with a trailer up a mountain, um, if you're trying something out and you haven't really been able to test it before, you're just, you, know, you may end up having a failure on a public road uh, versus doing it on the track because there's no point in taking it to a track if it's street legal. So you, you know you may run into issues there too. I just I really think that uh, just the backbone of the these industries, whether it be car, truck, diesel, you know, motorsports, um, motorcycles. I think racing is what kind of leads, and it's what people want. They want to see what is winning races, and then that's what they want to put on their vehicle. Um, you know, whether it's the same exact thing or a, a legal version or or not, but. Um, it's just crazy important, and I think more people need to be fired up about it. Yeah, there's definitely a relationship with with that that whole process, and we think back to like say the early, you know, say Dodge and, and the six four Ford, and you know the LMM. It's like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Here's these new emission systems, and you think of the power levels at that time that the trucks were able to support versus now. It's different. And it's higher and it's going to continue to do that. And I know a lot of diesel enthusiasts and myself included were like, well, where's the technology? Why can't we have, you know, these systems? Okay, great. I can drive it in all 50 states. That's awesome. But I want seven or 800 horsepower. And it's like, there's this competition to get the, the technology, whether it's from the OEMs or the aftermarket or both to be able to offer that. But then there's also been, you know, years and makes of trucks where the engines would make tons of power, the transmission can't support it, and you're stuck in this position where you're looking at a ten to $13,000 transmission swap to an older one, and it's like, there, there's definitely a way this can all grow together, and I think the companies that are out there that are fighting, and the people that are fighting and bringing the awareness to it, is what's really going to pay dividends in the future, and, and I know that there are some listeners we have that are going to say, I don't care about racing. It doesn't matter to me. I want my 2019 6.7 to sound like my 5.9 did, and I don't care about racing. But they are, they're linked, and I hope through the conversation you and I have had about the importance of the racing, you know, fueling technology, fueling innovation, keeping these companies viable and in business, and offering these street products as well, and the technology advancing that's where I think, yeah, we may never have the sound back. Maybe we do. I don't know. But I think the ability to have power, have reliability in a street-driven truck and also be able to make a race vehicle without custom building the chassis and the everything else around it is what we really should be fighting for and need to fight for. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I really think that uh, the ability to have an off-road use only product that is just going to make everything so much closer to the way it was before the new regulations. If, if everyone's just on the same page and all across the board, everything is uh, closer to stock, you're just, it's just going to fade away. And if, um, 
we're never going to get back to that level. Whereas if you keep pushing the envelope, more power, um, more innovation, I think that you will be able to continue to have more testing to get closer to that sound or even um, be able to go from a street truck quickly to converting it to a race truck and getting the same sound and everything from your vehicle uh, and maybe being able to go back and forth. You may not be able to drive on the street with a deleted truck, but you will still have the ability to delete your truck. You just can't take it on the street. That's uh, kind of what – right now we don't even have the ability to – you can't buy a delete – right now trying to buy a delete kit is uh, like trying to buy some um, drugs in a place that's not legal. It's just totally um, – illegal right now and it's just crazy how one day it was like a gray area and now um, a month later we're having this conversation about um, the jeopardy that the motorsports industry is in by losing all these customers and and business there's there's a lot of people out there too that do have a 2008 2009 2010 truck where it's not their daily driver anymore and they had big plans for taking it, you know, just to a racetrack and towing it with a 2019 or a 2020 or something like that. And they're just in a holding pattern. Like, well, what do I do? You know? And uh, that's kind of where I'm at with um, wanting to do the, the next truck. If I were to sell what I have now, I'm very happy with it. Um, will I be able to, to get back to the sound that I've, I've liked with my truck and will I, what will, what will be available for me um, in the future trying to use the same uh, power plant? what will I be able to do? And um, I'm concerned that if there's no one, I want the best of the best. And um, I feel like I've, I've had that on the, the current truck and I don't want to settle for something in the future just because of the new regulations. So it's uh, concerning me most definitely. I think the RPM act too, in and of itself, it, it's, it's not, this is just my opinion, but I think it's something that's bipartisan. I think it's something that, regardless of what political leaning someone may have, it's like, it just makes sense to do it and to be able to provide a definitive way to take this mass produced vehicle and convert it into, uh, you know, a race vehicle. So I, I, I hope that it passes. And I think that with enough people contacting their representatives, we can, and, and I, I definitely want to, you know, support you and what you're doing. And for our listeners out there, I'd like them to be able to go and, and subscribe to your YouTube channel and, and subscribe on Instagram. And I wanted to see if you could give out your your channel name, where they can find you on social media, and go follow you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, my thing is I promote um, Nitto Grappler Tires, uh, and I've come up with the name Grappaholics. Uh, it's got two Ps, just like a mud grappler would have in it. And uh, that's my Instagram and uh, YouTube. Definitely trying to get uh, more people over to the YouTube. My my Instagram has been very successful, and I've had fun with it and met a lot of awesome people through it. And um, the YouTube, I'm hoping to uh, get started on this this next truck here soon, but um, I'm kind of waiting it out to see see what's going to happen. Um, and I can touch base on that if you'd like as well. But really, just want people to get excited about the RPM Act and uh, feel that it's a little bit of hope. To, to get back some of what we've just lost. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I, I definitely want to keep in contact and, and also, you know, chat with you again in the future and you know, things are changing so quickly and, and, 
be able to see, you know, from your perspective as somebody who's in this position where you want to take a, a vehicle and make it into a, a race truck is, you know, what the process is like and things you've learned. So we, we definitely appreciate you reaching out to us on social media and, and explaining to us what you're passionate about, what you wanted to have on an episode, because I think there's a lot of people out there that think just like you do. So we, um, we had a great time chatting with you. We want to encourage our listeners as well to go follow you on Instagram and, and YouTube and go to the SEMA link or, you know, just look up your representatives and, and call them and email them and, and get behind this. So they don't, so they know that it's important to their constituents that they need their votes and things get done. All right. And I've got the, uh, those SEMA links on, on my YouTube, my most recent YouTube video about this uh, EPA situation. And I think it's a, uh, been made incredibly easy to reach out to your senators um and if you want any help with that check out my videos i can definitely um answer anyone's questions i've been all over this right now uh, i've been getting dms and and uh, messages on my my channel and i'm i'm looking into this stuff for everybody and if anyone needs help um as far as lift kit uh tire sizes i'm not trying to push anything on anybody so i can give honest opinions on what will fit and uh trying to help people to get the information out there from somebody that knows who to call and who to ask and uh, has the experience with it. Well, again, Chance, we appreciate your, your time, your opinion, and, and helping get uh, awareness to this issue. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on the podcast, and uh, I can't wait to, to hear this one air. And I'll keep listening to you guys and, and look out for future updates on the situation. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Choate Engineering on instagram or facebook they always post teaser pictures of new things they're working on really cool engine builds that they've got going for 606467 power strokes even seven threes so make sure and check those guys out give them a follow and if there's any specific questions you want us to ask them about power strokes let us know and send us a direct message or you can email us at hello at the dieselpodcast.com till next time keep the shiny side up